This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in to Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza here with Chris Anderson. Chris, uh, King is in the air. It's going to snow in Morgantown. It's not going to snow in uh, Delon, Florida. West Virginia opening the baseball season against Stetson. Four-game series. Take my word for it. You won't be able to find it on any broadcast channel right now. Um, Start there, Chris. Highly anticipated season for a bunch of reasons, and the first four games aren't available on a screen. How about that? It is unfortunate. I don't know how much, obviously, control West Virginia has over that, but you would think that when you are one of these providers, these channels, you're looking for content at all times. And right now is not exactly like a boon for content. Football is over, and and that's your usual go-to thing. So I think this was an opportunity for someone. Again, I know people don't like it, but ESPN Plus type thing. You put it on there and get some games going, but I have to find another way to try to keep up with this team today. Yeah, home team has to produce it. I'm going to guess Stetson. Baseball, not a huge deal on there, but a lot of those softball games, Chris, are on ESPN+. Plus, so that's unusual to me. Then I think about this. West Virginia's traveling down there, going down there, right? That's a big deal, I'm assuming, for a school like Stetson. They're going to play neighboring schools around there that probably aren't as big as West Virginia. And I understand the home team has the rights of all that stuff, but like, would it be so bad if West Virginia produced a baseball broadcast that Stetson could also carry? Like, there's money involved in this. Like, you pay them for Tier 3, right? So West Virginia gets some cash out of this. Could you not fly a camera down there? I don't know. I need an explanation on that. I probably should have asked the question. But um turns out we have a lot of questions about baseball, and we're going to get into that. There's a lot to know, uh, a lot to like, a lot to yet learn about this. But um storylines to start, obviously. Rainy Maisie's final season, hands it off to Steve Sabins at the end of the 24 season. J.J. Weatherholt, maybe the number one pick in the draft. And then here's an odd thing, Chris, 17 players back from last season. But there's going to be a lot of new people there, too. Like, you lose your entire outfield, a mainstay at shortstop, some top-shelf pitching talent from the front end of the rotation to the back. Um, yeah, big number of people returning, but they also lost a lot of people, too. I feel like you know a lot about this team because certainly the manager and some of the star players, people have been here for a couple of years too, but maybe the difference between where this team is now, where it goes is what happens, um, you know, to the blank fillers, people who we don't know who they are, people who are transfers or, you know, maybe sophomores or redshirt freshmen. I think that's, um, that's a huge question mark right now, but for myriad reasons to, to tune in and watch and learn about the team, not tune in, lean in, I guess, um, figure out who's who and who goes where. That's probably the most exciting, most interesting part. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to get into the intricacies of what we don't know. Little uh, thing for game day and lineups and all that stuff. But it it starts with the players. And even um, Randy Mazie said during his press conference earlier this week that they got some, quote, really, really important pieces there and said that there were a lot of guys that nobody even knows who they are yet. Hmm. You're right. We don't know who they are. We don't know who's going to play where or when and what these guys can do. Um, but it sounds like Mike, like, you know, go cross sport with all the sports here. How often are coaches 
kind of that open about, hey, we got some studs out of the portal. You guys just don't know it yet. Like, usually if they're saying that, they feel pretty confident about what they've added and what these guys are capable of doing. Yeah, there's some Neil Brown parallels here, Chris. I don't want to tie everything together to football. Certainly, we're trying to get away from basketball. I mean, we're not trying to get too soon into football. But think about the players that West Virginia brought in the portal last year. You're like, eh, I don't know about that. Like, this school at this level, you know, oh, it's not a power five. And, like, you see some of that with their baseball acquisitions, like SIU Edwardsville, the University of Charleston, Gardner-Webb. But they feel pretty good about starting these people either on the mound or on the diamond somewhere, uh, junior college players, Division two. You know, Division One, but maybe not the high end, and yet they feel pretty excited about it too. And you know, baseball for a long time has been like a transfer portal school or a, a sport um, before the even the portal. Like players transfer a lot. It, it's interesting that it's kind of hit baseball, and and that I don't know. I don't. I don't think you could say that they they've flopped on the transfer portal last year. They got a lot of good pitching out of it, for example. Um, so it's not like they've had some resurrection where, like, for example, going back to Brown. His 23 portal class maybe saved his job. It certainly helped him win nine games when you look at what they were doing before and having transfers transfer. That's not good. Um, but figured out maybe like a refined focus. And I don't know if baseball did that or if they just decided, you know what, it's better to have veteran pitchers than sophomores. Um, just seems like they have a good thing going that they're very confident. And you kind of expect because of what you saw from like Blaine Traxel last year that they're going to have somebody who's going to eat up innings and get them wins because they feel that good about it. I don't know where to start because apparently Randy Maisie doesn't know where to start because he said they had several intra-squad scrimmages and sometimes they were shutouts, sometimes there were a lot of runs scored. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like he knows which way this team is leaning, whether it's a you know a pitch first kind of team or a you know one that's just going to knock the ball out of the park all the time. So where do you want to start? You want to start with the lineup, the uh, fielding, or you want to go pitching? You're probably going to go to the lineup just because you want to talk about Weatherholt. Like, it literally starts there. I mean, he's going to bat leadoff. He's going to play shortstop, which it's maybe your, your marquee position. And I think about this, too. Like, the last time they had, like, a legitimate, legit draft pick, like, candidate, it was Manoa. And that became clear during the season. But you saw him once a week. I mean, you're going to see this guy four or five times a game, three, four, five times a week, depending on if he plays the weekend games and plus the week games, I assume he will. But like, God, he's getting on base 54 straight games at one point. Um, I mean, the, like the, the preseason number one draft pick by most of the, the prognosticators here and um, table setter going to bat him leadoff. I guess begin there. Do you like batting him leadoff? There's some logic to it, but there's also some like, wait a minute, I'd much rather him hit a three run homer than a single to lead off the game. I was about to ask you, is is Randy Basie the most anti-Bill James slash analytical uh, coach that you've seen in baseball? I mean, it already, already starts with the stolen bases and everything because, you know, statistics say that's not the way to go, but that is absolutely the way he goes. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year because of a little bit different makeup of the team. But between that and, like you said, Weatherhole batting uh, leadoff and, like, I'm not poking fun here. But his reasoning behind it began with, you know how excited the fans get, get to see it. him come up all the time? You know, like, we're, it, it, not again, not poking fun, not being a jerk, but what does that have to do with, you know, the results on the field? But it it, it, it could mean something. It could help get the rest of your team going. It, again, it is nice to have that guy who can get things started right. So you do want to have somebody talented. 
uh, leading off somebody can get on base, but usually with his power, that combination, yeah, you're thinking second or third um, at least, but I'm okay with it. I mean, again, I like the idea of setting the table for everybody else on the team, setting, you know, the tempo and uh, you know, he's got the speed to also be a force on the base pass. So he's got that part of it. It's just usually, like you said, I'd rather have a couple of people on base in front of him. Yeah. A lot of it's going to depend on whether Holt, like how he is disciplined in the box, but it doesn't sound like anybody has any reason to worry about that. Um, will they pitch around him? He made a really good point. It's hard to pitch around guys. Like college pitchers are not experts. They're not great painters. And sometimes it's hard to not make a mistake or it's hard to be wide at the plate and not leave one over the middle. And he said, may the best man win. Like I'm going to hit mistakes. You know, the best way to get me out is to be aggressive. Good luck being aggressive with him. I think it's a cool thing to bat him lead off. I think the explanation is great. You get the fans excited right away, right? But think about on the other side of that too, like the fans that, that uh, Stetson aren't going to be very many West Virginia fans, but think of the pressure for that pitcher who's up there against presumably a number one draft pick, maybe the number one draft pick. You're going to tax that guy right away. <clears throat> like he's thinking about him in warmups. He's got to throw really good pitches and strikes right away. He doesn't want to let him on. Like that's a, that's a pretty good way to establish the tone. Like, Hey, pressure right from the start. Can he do it? We'll see. Um, <clears throat> but if you, if you, I wonder how many pitchers might take an extra tax out of the first inning because you got to deal with him. And that's, that's one thing unto itself. But if he gets out, cool, you did it. Now you got to get the second guy out, which is probably not going to be a piece of cake either. They really like Logan Saab right now as, as that number two batter. Maisie said he has not, not like weather hole potential, but a guy who can make a leap. Um, but that would be his pick on the roster. They're going to bat him second. So maybe he benefits from a tired or a relieved pitcher and he makes a mistake. Um, or maybe weather holds on like, you know, darn near 50% of the time. And now you're pitching under pressure every time too. So I think that's a good thing to do. Um, the other part about it is you just get them more at bats. You do. And if somebody, you know, thinks you're going to take a, a, be able to take a breath in that seven, eight, nine spot in the lineup, well, you better take a breath, but also be effective because if you walk somebody, um, if you let them advance a runner, if the guy gets a hit, cause you were just thinking, all right, I got a, got a chance to get a breather. Well, now you turn the lineup over and weather holds up and he's there. And that number eight or number nine guy that got on that maybe you don't think he should have because it's number eight or number nine, whether Holt's not second or third or fourth in the lineup, you don't have any time to recover. You got to get him first. So it, it could be explained in a way that makes sense. And I think that's it. I also think back to like when this is different, but kind of the same, like when McGuire was hitting 80 home runs a year, like the Cardinals are bat batting their pitcher eighth and they were batting McGuire third. And how was that tied together? Well, they wanted to get McGuire up in the first inning. Because you got to think about him a little bit. Maybe he hits a three-run homer or a two-run homer. Maybe he gets on base and your cleanup hitter has him on. But also, like, that number nine guy gives you a chance to have more people on base in front of McGuire once you get down there. So just a weird way to to, to fold the numbers in your favor a little bit. It gets him more at-bats, but it also it, it kind of makes you think about him in a part of the lineup where you might otherwise think you can relax, and that's not the case with him. So I, I like it. I think it could work. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. 
It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. Like I like the point you you were making there in the middle about Maisie, Maisie and Weatherholt and WVU in general putting the pressure on the other team. Make the other team make the decision because when the leadoff batter of an inning gets on base, the chances of you scoring go up exponentially. Like it, it is a dramatic increase. And so then you're like, well, I don't want to walk that guy. But then it's J.J. Weatherholt. I don't want to pitch to that guy. Well, you got to do one of them. You got to either pitch the guy and he's going to crush it or you got to walk him. And then you're improving the chances of the other team scoring runs in that first inning. So I like it. You are putting the ball in the other team's court and make a decision. I'm putting, like you said, putting pressure on you to make the right choice because I don't think there is a right choice. Mm -hmm. Like both of them are wrong, Mm -hmm. but you have to pick one. Which one's less wrong today? Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason I like it. I, I think maybe he was being a bit facetious with the, hey, we want the fans to be excited to see him up there. But um, again, like uh, the other part of it, just like you said, the numbers game. I'm looking at the stats for the at-bats. Now, obviously, there's subs and rotations and different things for the past year. But what do you say, like an extra 20 to 30 at-bats for somebody who bats first over batting third, at least? That's 10%. That's a 10% increase over the course of an entire season. Um, So if you can get 10% more J.J. Weatherholt than you would get a couple of spots later, that could make up for maybe a few of those lost RBIs where he doesn't have people on in front of him. Also get to the game on time. None of this coming in like five minutes after the first pitch. They start prompt, right? Um, you don't want to miss them, so get there. The concept of pressure, Chris, not on people parking their cars, but that you mentioned. Um, before they used to do it because they'd bunt, um, they'd hit and run, they'd slap the ball and try to leg out infield singles. They'd take an extra base. Like Everything they did was like, let's put pressure on the other pitcher because we'll, we'll take walks. We'll, we'll take big leads. We'll steal bases. Pressure's on the pitcher, the catcher, the feelers to make sure they don't bobble it or they don't like do anything that isn't perfectly clean because you'll get an infield single. Hit and run. Everything just – you were always on your toes when you play West Virginia because that's how they built their roster. And also they had this field that kind of was conducive to that. Uh, Maisie kind of joked that like with the old turf being thrown out into the dumpster that they threw out the old Maisie ball uh, with that. It's no more. And that's because they don't have the the, the speed – and the people who are maybe so disciplined with their bat, they can do the things we were just talking about, bunt, hit and run, you know, slap the ball behind the, the runner, things like that. We said they're going to be like more thumpers this year, guys. So we'll hit doubles and homers, which is a bit of a change. Some of that may have to do with the turf. I don't know about that, but it looks like they've recruited some power here too. Um, I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's major league baseball or minor league baseball is like a 50-50 proposition. Now you're going to strike out or you're going to homer. Um, I'm not sure college baseball wasn't like that before because the bats are aluminum and the ball flies and the pitching isn't great, but they were kind of outliers. They zag a little bit. They were good at it too, but do you buy into the idea that they're going to hit a lot of homers and doubles this year to have, they, did they have the firepower, the potential to do that? Is it all a portal thing again? I think you're rolling the dice on some of these portal guys, like a guy like Kyle West, like he, he mashed homers, was it 30 some home runs this past season, had a great slugging percentage, but how's that going to translate once he's, you know, playing at this level? Like you noted, college college baseball pitching is a little hit or miss, but it, there's still levels to it when you go from the University of Charleston up to playing in the Big 12. So it's going to be more difficult. How much of that will translate? You know, are we talking 80% of it or are we talking 20%? He's going to struggle. Don't know. Won't know until the season starts. Um, you look up and down the roster. 
there's some there's a little bit there like nothing crazy as uh, Maisie noted you know they, they lost three outfielders I think he said that had 20 home runs 20 stolen bases that's not going to happen this year I, I'm not expecting that and but kind of like that that top half of their lineup potential again Weatherholt Sov you said was two that's the extent of what we've been given so far mm-hmm. if you're listening to this before the game tonight so maybe if you, if you listen to it after you've already seen it but I'm assuming three, four, five is going to be somewhere in the range of like I'll see at first base, West as a DH slash corner outfielder, and maybe Garcia. It's up in the air. I I, I honestly don't know, um, but I'm very curious to see it. But I think those three guys, those three returners or two returners and a transfer, gives you some potential for a solid middle of the order that could provide some pop, but certainly not, you know. Uh, Bash Brothers ball to continue the Mark McGuire talk. Hmm, interesting. I wonder what they'll do. I just some of their lineup stuff. Like he said that they have they have twelve players they could put in the lineup, but you can only put nine in there. So they're going to have some people who are on the outside looking in. He also and just to go on your point about West, that's the Division Two honorable mention All American from the University of Charleston, who big average, big power numbers. But Maisie said like once he figures out Division One pitching, he's going to be he'll be a problem. Does that mean he's going to figure it out in practice and in batting practice, or is he going to figure it out in the field? I don't know. I'd be curious about that. That's one of those questions. Like, do you get that guy out there because the only way you learn is by getting at bats, or do you not put him out there until you think he's ready? That'd be a curious one for me. Um, and then, you know, the, that that three, four, five is fascinating too because they have a lot of left-handed bats in the lineup, and some of those are their better hitters. So, how do you space them out, um, or do you space them out? I don't know. So how much of that is the calculus that he has to make? I like Art Garcia as like a number three guy. One, he's right-handed. So that might help you a little bit because you're going to have a glut of left-handed batters. Maybe you want to save him. But him in the three spots, interesting. He only struck out 11 times in like 75 plate appearances last year. Actually, 71 uh, at-bats, 15 walks. So 11 strikeouts and 86 plate appearances for a true freshman. He only batted 211, but they really like him and his, his plate control. So that could be a guy who's third because if you get one or two of those first two guys on, you don't want to get out of the inning. You want to keep it going and he might be a guy. Whereas if you put someone like Hussey up there, he's a well-documented strikeout problems. I will say on Hussey though, that uh, Maisie and Weatherhold both said that he understands his strikeout problem and he's learned to kind of control his swing have a better approach, you know, not just two strikes, but sometimes people forget like the first, when you're down with one strike, what you do in that next one's really important because you don't want to be in that two strike count. So is he going to have a better approach to the plate? But again, you know, similar to West, where does he learn that? Does he learn that from like the seven spot in the lineup or does he learn that from the four spot in the lineup? Do you have him prove himself as the number six or seven hitter and then put him at the cleanup spot? Because he's got that type of bat for sure. Or do you put him at the four spot and say, listen, you better make this work. Don't know. It's like the, how they do three, four, five is going to be super interesting, but also like that, that seven, eight, nine is going to be important too. Just because we mentioned the, the presence of Weatherholt is, is you get on base and then that's your chance to take advantage of his RBI potential. You got to be productive in that seven, eight, nine spot who goes there. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You're right. Uh, on base percentage is going to be very important for seven, eight, nine. And to set that up and what may be, I mean, it's obviously related to this, but another mystery is what position are all these guys playing in some of these guys that are coming in, you know, again, all the the entire outfield's gone. Um, Who's going to step in there? Because right now, if you look at the roster for players listed as an outfielder again, so if there are, uh, uh, if you have issues with this, please take it up with the official WVU athletic department, (laughs) but true freshman, true freshman, true, 
true freshman, true sophomore that had 22 at-bats last year, true freshman, and a true junior that had 13 at-bats that, that last year. Those are the five, uh, six, whatever, can't count, players that are listed as outfielders on the WB baseball roster. So who's stepping in there? Who's stepping in at second base? Is Garcia going over there? He played a few uh, games there, about to say snaps. God, it's not spring football yet. Um, <laughs> could you uh, slide one of the new guys over there? I think it's going to be interesting to see where it all goes around. But again, related to this, something that caught my eye from Maisie's press conference earlier this week or earlier this month, he says he doesn't want to pigeonhole guys at a certain spot. He said he felt like he did that with Tevin Tucker and a couple others from, from previous years, and he doesn't want to do that anymore. So I'm curious if we're going to end up with a situation where, as far as fielding goes, you know, maybe somebody's playing second base for a while and we'll see how it goes, and then maybe they're playing outfield or second base to third base, third base to second base, and so on. Yeah. So here's what I think is penciled in. Logan Saab will be your catcher. Grant Hussey will be your first baseman. Weatherholt will be your shortstop. And that's it. I think that's safe to say. Like the rest, I'm not sure about. So we start at like second base. Like they recruited Reed Chumley and uh, Brody Cresser. Um, Chumley at uh, Houston Christian was a third baseman. Cresser at Des Moines Community College was a shortstop. Could they play second? Possibly. Could one of them play third and bump Garcia to second? Possibly. Um, don't know what they'll do there. The outfield? Don't know. Um, we, Chris, had people from our board met uh, Benjamin Lumsden, the transfer from UT Arlington, who hit 11 home runs as a true freshman last year. He's listed as an infielder, but apparently he was talking about how he could be the left fielder this year. Interesting. And then they've had Tyler Cox in the program for a couple years. They really liked Skylar King as a freshman last year, but it was hard to get in the field with the outfielders that they had. So I don't hold the playing time against them. And this is one of those sports where, you know, you can you can pick the bat up and get good at it again. They they try to stay busy during the year. And if if uh, Cox and King had good falls and have been good in what's been a pretty productive preseason, Chris, the weather here has not been bad. They've been outside a bunch. Um, that's a possibility for them. And then you got a guy like Sam White. He can play all over the place. So maybe he's a guy who fills in for a slump or maybe like there's just an open position. Like they don't know who's going to be a permanent fixture in right field or second base, but they can play white there all the time. And you could also platoon people too. Um, Chumley and Cresser are both right-handed and white is left-handed. So that might be your DH spot. How does it work? Don't know. But like, again, this is why we're going to watch. And the reason why we're so unsure about this, Chris, there's no box scores online of their fall ball. And they obviously haven't been publicizing their preseason stuff and their intro squad scrimmages. So it, it's been hard to get information. And you talk to people, there's been a lot of movement and experimentation too in the in the preseason and even in the fall about who goes where and what's it going to look like when the season starts. Um, they know for sure, especially by now, we're kind of guessing. Speaking of movement, experimentation, and guessing, let's talk pitching because there's a lot of changes there. Uh, I believe it was five of the eight transfers that came in in the offseason were pitchers. Um, we talked about this before, you and I. Uh, it was another podcast. Maybe it was when we were just touching on base on all the other sports outside of uh, football and basketball. And we took a look at this pitching staff and what the options were because we noted many of the returners and many of the newcomers are not exactly inning-eating starters. But that's okay because Randy Mazie and West Virginia have gone by, gotten by without those types of players 
for quite some time now. And I mean, you look at last year, there's only a couple guys who are quote eligible for stats, which means at least one inning pitch per game, which means starters and stuff. So he sampled guys as middle relievers, like long relievers. He did the for a while there, the starter instead of the closer and mm-hmm. starter. Are we picturing much of the same again this season? Well, here we are talking about how we don't know certain things. They did release the rotation for the first weekend. So four-game rotation. They have three starters. They might not get in all four games this weekend, too. But they're going to start Aiden Major, who's a junior. Tyler Switalski, who is a Gardner-Webb. He's a lefty. And Hayden Cooper from SIU Edwardsville. He's a righty. Those last two were transfers. Then Monday is TBD. Probably going to be Carson Estridge. Could be Gavin Van Kempen. There are other people that they've had their eyes on, whether they're true freshmen or people who were freshmen last year and didn't get to pitch a lot. There's going to be candidates for that Monday start if they do indeed get to it. But I think you wonder about those first three names. How do you get through? And then who do you need to get to the Monday game? That's why a four-game series is difficult. So I think what you're going to see is like probably a rotation of people. Like their Friday, Saturday, Sunday may not be the same next weekend. And if, if their Monday guy is good and their Sunday guy isn't this week, then maybe they switch that up. Um, it, it's just such it's it's so up in the air and unknown right now too, and I don't think that there's like a clear delineation of you know here's my first level, here's my second level. They're probably all on the same level or, or pretty close to one another right now. Figuring that out's going to be a key because by the way, man, the, the Big Twelve season starts early this year too, so um, I, I don't have a great answer for that. But I think they'd like to have roles as soon as they can and not like halfway through the season, which is customary for this team. And just to put it out there, the numbers on on these guys as far as starts and everything like that, um, you said it was major, was the yeah. first one, right? 21 appearances, only three starts last season. Yeah. Um, Switalski, you said, was another, and he, he's a starter. Full-fledged, 30 starts the past couple seasons. And who was the third one, you say, was the listed as a starter? Um, trying to think here. Uh, Cooper, not Cooper. Um, um I froze up on me. Yeah, it's yeah no, you said Cooper, Cooper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then he only had five starts and eighteen appearances last season. So again, yeah. back to the point of how long will these guys go? Is this like yeah, they're starting, but they're only going to go two or three innings, and then it's just going to be a rotation of guys through um, coming out of the bullpen for West Virginia? It's possible, but only one of those guys was like a purebred starter last season, and that was um, Switalski for Gardner Webb. Not even you know someone like West Virginia or a Big Twelve school. Um, from the transfer portal is Derek Clark, lefty, 5'9". He was at Division II Northwood University, and good reviews about him. I don't think he's going to be their Monday guy, but you have him, an older guy who knows how to pitch in college, different level, I understand, but ha- there's some arm maturity there. But yeah, uh, Van Kempen, Estridge, and I, I just wonder at this point when you have people who are bigger, especially in the case of like Estridge and Van Kempen, but also like a little more polish, a few more tools. I, I wonder if you would try, throw a true freshman out there who they really like. Um, I'm trying to think, or like Aiden Smith is a guy they really like. And I'm not sure he's going to be a guy who gets the ball right now until they have no's from other people. Like maybes yet are, are not, maybe not in um in the cards for some of these people. They have just enough options there. I think they can make it work. And the back end of the bullpen, you know, a guy that, that was pretty good last year. He had some freshman All-America honors, uh, David Hagman. I think that's a guy that's going to, you know, maybe one day he could pitch front of the rotation, but he's going to start in the back end this year. And I don't know, maybe two games, somewhere between two, maybe five innings a weekend, if you can get something out of that, that might be better than him starting with the who knows. But don't forget, like a couple of years ago, they had Jake Waters, who was a, you know, a professional arm. 
he was their closer to start there and they made him their number one starter before too long, which is my point here that who knows right now the roles are, are defined, but pretty loosely defined. It could change a lot. And kind of getting back to our point here is really a reason to lean in and try to figure out if you like this team, it's going to be fun to watch it evolve and develop as you go along pitching as good an example of any. All right. 30 seconds, Mike, give me a straight answer or fill in the blank. I mean, West Virginia university makes the postseason because blank manager isn't that the story man that's the story like this is this is happening sooner than he wants i think but it was going to happen um and i think he's going to just do whatever he has to do to make this work and, and why wouldn't you lean on Maisie or give him the benefit of the doubt he's earned that they're going to have a really good home field advantage i believe this year uh, the park is going to be different with the turf you're gonna have a ton of fans you have some bona fide professional talent top draft picks but he's got some pieces he can make work and like enough options he may not have all the answers right now he has the the utensils at his disposal to make this work. Sounds like a good as answer as any, because I'm in agreement. A lot of movement that he's going to make, decisions he's going to make, and he could be the difference in postseason or not. We'll find out as soon as you do, 6.30 tonight. Find it somewhere. Find out, share with the world how you're watching it. Um, West Virginia, Stetson, starting the season, four-game series in Florida. Until next time, I'm Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you then.